Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of Star Brewing, amazed that the focus remains the focal focal point of my change. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And this is our monthly episode with Allie Feller. We're hosting this on my feed. This time we alternate every month. Allie Feller is the host of Allie on the Run, one of the most successful running podcasts in the country. It's been that way for a while now. And it's always a pleasure to talk with her all things. We dive in not only into the running stuff, but if you've heard this episode before, we touch on everything, some Q&A as well. And Allie is just one of the most fascinating and fun people to talk to. I enjoy all my conversations with her, and this one is no different. But before we get into this episode with her, I'm really excited to talk about one of our new sponsors, Athletic Greens. Today's program is brought to you by them, and it's an all-in-one daily drink to support better health and peak performance. Even with a balanced diet, it's difficult to cover all of your nutritional bases, and that's exactly where Athletic Greens will help. Their daily drink is like nutritional insurance for your body that's delivered straight to your door. I love this stuff. It shakes up really well. It's not clumpy, which is kind of an issue sometimes when you get powders. It tastes pretty good as well, which is, again, when you're having something that's extremely nutritious and it's in a powder form, you're like, all right, is this going to even taste very good? For me, I really like it. So it works out well. It's high quality. In fact, I like to have it before my runs in the morning. I'm a morning runner. So I wake up, I drink it as soon as I wake up and about half an hour, 40 minutes later, I'm out the door and this stuff is really good. I only do that because it's easy to digest. Obviously, you don't want to eat anything or drink anything that doesn't work out well with your stomach and that's always a problem. Endurance is a huge focus for them as it is for everyone listening to this episode. That's why you're listening to the first place, right? You have, including, you know, for them, they have all these athletes that use it. They have some of the best triathletes in the world. They have Red Bull athletes. In addition to that, they're NSC certified for sports ensuring that it's the top quality and safety standards for all athletes all the way up to Olympians. So it's definitely good enough for you and I. Just go to athleticgreens.com backslash rambling to get 20 free daily packs of your first purchase. That's 20 free packs. So whether you're looking to boost your energy levels, support your immune system, or address gut health, now's the perfect time to do just that. Again, athleticgreens.com slash rambling for 20 free packets today. So, Allie, man, I'll tell you what. I Like I said before, I love talking to her. This one you're really going to like. In addition, I see that my friend Mario Frioli has her on his podcast, The Morning Shakeout, that just came out right before I started recording this intro. Again, you got to check her out, man. She's doing fantastic work. Go over to Mario's podcast after you listen to this one and get a deep dive into all things Allie Feller's history. This one's more, you know, what's happening now in both of our lives. That episode is going to touch on more of what, what Allie's done in her life, which is extremely fascinating, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Allie. Allie, welcome back to our March edition of Ramblings on the Run. Is it still March? March has been 19 years. <laughs> this is like a whole new take on March Madness, basically, is what this is. I've been seeing people call it March Sadness. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that's a great segue. We're here today <laughs> to do the opposite of that, right? So yes. we're, we talked about this earlier, that, you know, there's plenty of things to be stressed about. Um, negative about, unsure about, worried about, all of that. And granted, 
We are both all of those things, but that's not why we're doing this podcast. Today, we are here to bring uplifting positivity to your eardrums because basically we're trying to speak it into existence. Excuse me, speak it into existence. There you go. Also, you know, there's a lot of things to be grateful for, a lot of things to be excited about. And I know both of us usually like to live on the positive side of life, and we're going to do just that today on this episode. Cheers to that. Okay, so let's dive right in. Okay, first of all, we always like to do this segment number one on Ramblings on the Run. What's going on the run with you? Or how's it going on the run with you? I guess a better way of saying it. I'm excited because I feel like when we did this in February, I was barely running outside because I was all hopped up on my orange theory. Well, now that's closed. And so I'm running outside again, which like you said, there's plenty to focus on and be positive about. And I am getting out. I've been running almost every day, anywhere between three and five miles with my daughter in the stroller, which, wow, shout out to all the parents who do that because it is so hard. I've had a jogging stroller. I think, I don't remember, I got it for like Mother's Day last year. My husband got it for me. And I took it out a couple times, but I mean, my daughter was much smaller then. And now, you know, now she's like 22 whole pounds, but man, running up hills with that thing. I feel like if nothing else, I might come out of this whole situation, a stronger runner. So that's kind of where I'm at. It's not fun. It's so hard going up hills. I'm not even actually running. I'm just doing this like sad looking shuffle, but honestly, I'm grateful to be able to get out and run right now. I'm I, that's like my biggest saving grace and I'm sure that's the case for so many people listening that like as everything is shutting down, thank goodness we thank goodness we're runners because a lot of people don't have their outlet now whether it's people who go to the gym, whether it's people who golf and the golf course is closed or the tennis courts or the basketball courts, whatever it is, we still have running. And that's something I'm grateful for. And it's cool to see, I know the New York Times did a whole article on it to see that running is kind of maybe having a bit of a boom right now because it's the one thing people can still do. So I'm running with the stroller. My daughter tolerates it for about 45 minutes and then she's like, get me out of here. So that's, that's all I need. And I'm grateful for that. 45 minutes. That's pretty good. Thank you. Um, so we are, I was telling you this offline that we were up in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania right now at an Airbnb and it is so hilly. And the great thing is where our little house is seems to be at the top of a hill as I'm sort of navigating the roads around here. So those first two miles, I'm going downhill, I'm cruising, I think I'm amazing. Then to get back to the house in whatever direction it is, it's uphill. So if you look at me on Strava, you'll see like, wow, Allie really went out hard and then really struggled. And that is why my mantra is positive splits for positive people. So I, I, I live and breathe that mantra every single day. So that's where I'm at. But tell me where you're at. How's your running? That, that, that brand loyalty is like, you're, you're right up there. <laughs> I swear to God, you're killing it on brand loyalty. And I'm just impressed as well with your daughter. 45 minutes in a stroller is no joke. So I'm, you know, props to good? her as well. I, I'm, listen, I've, I've had plenty of kids and not plenty of kids, my two kids, but I've had them in the stroller plenty of times. It makes it sound like I'm just picking up kids and throwing them in my running stroller. <laughs> uh, it's, like, it's like that Michael Scott episode where he's like, I just love kids. And they show this montage of him just picking up Little random kid kids lover. constantly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, 
I think 45 minutes is pretty good for sure. And I, my thing with running strollers is that like if Chris McDougal ever wanted to do born on the run too, like the thing he could do for trying to figure out how to like do midfoot, forefoot, like jogging is run with a running stroller. Like you cannot heel strike with that thing. Cause you will just <laughs> kick the stroller every yeah. single time. Like I'm lucky enough to like already be a midfoot striker, but I'm almost kicking it. So I can only imagine what some other people are going through. Yeah, it is interesting. And I've tried to be really aware of my form because I feel like I need to constantly be switching which hand I'm pushing with because I don't want to like, you know, get too twisty on one side. But then when I go up hills, I have to use both hands to push it because I'm like struggling and weaving around the road and it doesn't seem safe. And so I haven't done the one hand method. Oh, you, you wait, you push with both hands? I do, yeah. So I'm like, I'm like oh, the, no way. I'm like the the old lady in the grocery store hanging Pushing out of the cart. cart for dear life. Yeah, <laughs> that's me because we we had a bob stroller. We still have it where the front wheel like spins 360 degrees. So this thing, this thing will veer off in any kind of direction at any point. So you have to really be on it. Well, mine does too. Oh, then you're just more coordinated than me. So I have um, I have the Thule Urban Glide too, and I'm I love it. It's fantastic, and you have the option. You can either fix the front wheel or leave it all twisty turny. And everyone's like, you have to set it so it's fixed. It'll be way better. But I didn't like it that way. Maybe because I'm not running in a straight line all the time. I don't know. But I'm I mean I'm very new at this. I'm sure I'm going to get all kinds of DMs from people listening to this, being like, you're doing it wrong, and here's how to do better. But um. <laughs> You know, it's working right now. It's getting me outside. It's like sanity for everyone. It gives my husband a break so that we're out of the house and that's like his time to get some work done. So we are doing our best. So tell me about your running. How's it going? <laughs> it's going pretty well, man. I'm feeling like really healthy. I'm feeling good. Uh, haven't run in the last two days, but uh, before that, things have been really consistent. Um, at this point, just building up, I'm going to be probably getting close to 30 miles a week starting next week, which is exciting. Um, again, you know, after, after basically six months off from not running at all, like, it's really fun to get back into it. Like I'm at the point now, which is kind of fun where like, I didn't run for two days and I could tell, like, like I, there was plenty of reasons to be on edge, but I know like not running probably contributed to it. So I'm really excited to like, you know, up and at them tomorrow. Like I'm, I'm typically an early morning runner in the past week. Like I've been at home thinking like, all right, I'll be able to fit in my run. Like I haven't been able to do that. So back to the schedule tomorrow, 4.30 wake up call, out by five, make sure I get my run in um, and I'll be able to do it. But I'm excited to like kind of keep building and then we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. But I got some, you know, we'll talk about this later. I got some, some virtual races coming up, which is kind of exciting to have a goal in mind after a, after a long time. And I'm a pretty competitive person by nature. So that's <laughs> always fun to kind of get that going. Yay. That's great. I mean, coming back from being injured as much as it, like, I always feel like it can be daunting at first of like, oh, you know, getting back into shape, but it really is just so rewarding to see the mileage creep up. And for every run you go on to be like, oh, wait, I still feel good. Like, I always think you're kind of waiting for that. Like, oh, is it going to hurt again? Is it going to come back? Is it going to come back? And then to have that realization that like, no, I'm back on the run and I feel good and I'm enjoying it is just, it's such a good feeling. And it, and another one that I think people can probably really relate to. Yeah. You know what? I crossed that threshold of, um, there's a point when you're injured where like when all of a sudden it, your injury doesn't bother you for a while, you're like, oh wow, it's not bothering me. Like you, you notice it when it's not bothering you. And I've now crossed the threshold to like, 
now I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. It used to bother me. You know what I mean? So now I'm like, I'm surprised. Like, oh yeah, it, oh, oh, a twinge happened. What, what, what was that? As opposed to before, it was like, it was twinging all the time. Like that was just like, <laughs> it's natural state of things. Um, so that's not, that wasn't always the best, but no, I'm really excited. And it just feels like full steam ahead. So that's always nice. Oh, yay. I'm so glad. I'm so happy for you. It's such a good feeling. All right. Segment number two, something you're loving right now. Content, item, recommendation, product, anything that you're digging. Okay. So I really wanted my choice to be something not coronavirus related, but... (laughs) I still ended up with something that kind of ties back to it. But one thing I wanted to highlight, I mean, there has been a lot of really great and insightful posts and articles that have come out of all this so far, right? People reflecting on it very poignantly, better than I ever could. And Mario Fraioli, who we, of course, all know, and he is the host of The Morning Shakeout, the podcast, and of course, the newsletter, He posted on Instagram yesterday, and first of all, he got a dog recently, which I just think is the best. Anytime anyone gets a dog, I am a huge supporter of that. So he wrote this post on Instagram, and I just thought that it really did a nice job highlighting some of the great things that are coming from a horrible global pandemic. And I just want to read this one part he wrote. He wrote, the frenetic pace of society has come to a screeching halt. We've been forced to slow down, spread out, and stay put. We're isolated from our various networks, but spending more time with those who live under the same roof, something we always long for, but rarely ever make happen. And I just thought that was beautiful in terms of like, you know, I'm not a bit, a couple of friends have said to me like, oh, I believe this is, you know, nature's way or God's way of telling the world we need to slow down. I'm not really a big believer in that, but I will say that seeing people spending time with their families, seeing people make the effort to reach out, to FaceTime, to have Zoom happy hours. It's that connection. And I know when I went into 2020, I I didn't make any specific resolutions. Well, I made a couple, but I I picked some words that I wanted to focus on this year. And mine were community and connection. And if you look at how the past month has gone, it's like, well, there goes that, except not. Even with all of this social distancing that's being mandated and stepping back from real life connections, I think that the way that we're forming these really special connections in a time of crisis, that to me is kind of just as powerful. So as much as I want to hug everyone in my life right now, finding these other ways to connect with people, I think is something beautiful that has come out of this already and something that I hope we all hold on to. So all that to say that Mario, he's a brilliant writer and the way that he summed up some of these um, nice things that are going on, I thought was just really, um, you know, when someone writes something and you're like, dang, why didn't I write that? Like, that's so much better than anything I could have written. And I totally felt that when I read his post, because I was like, I feel this so deeply and I never could have put it into words. And so I'm grateful that he did. And so it's um, a really great post on his Instagram. He's at Mario Fraioli. And I highly recommend giving the full post a read. Yeah, because there's a lot of ways to approach this, right? There's the method of like, all right, like how he went about it, as you described eloquently. And there's other ways of doing it of like, all right, like, I'm going to be real, I'm going to tell you what's going on in my life in a way that's authentic. I'm not going to like dwell on the negative, but I'm going to express to you my emotions because they're real and what's going on in my life because that's real. And that's, you know, an important part too, because it allows people to understand that they might not feel alone 
and I'm gonna give you props there because you know you've you're you've got the blog back in order. I don't know if blog was one of your keywords for 2020, but it's back in full <laughs> effect, and you're 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 doing that as well. And I thought that was key. One thing that I am digging right now, and this is kind of on the same tip of like, all right, you know, it's, it's virus related in a way, but in other ways it's not. I was going back and forth with my friend Peter Bromka a couple of weeks ago, and we were just talking about the writing process, and he. He went with one of those classic, um, like dark writing quotes of like, you know, you basically open up a vein and bleed onto the page type, type quotes. And I'm like, I was like, oh, Peter, like, I know what you mean. And I know what you're saying. I was like, I think you have to read this book that I've listened to, I think, nine times in three years. It's like, oh, yeah, what's that? I was like, it's Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Yes. I was like, I think it will give you a different perspective on this exact same topic. So we ever since then, we were going back and forth a little bit. I'm now listening to it for the 10th time. And I got to say, it's not new. It's not new to me. It may be not new to you either. Um, it's not like a used car. It's like, it's not, it's not new. It's not new, but it might be new to you. Um, and I just love this book. And not only do I love it for all seasons, I specifically love it for this season because there's a lot of things going on now where people are trying to approach either their personal life or professional life or the intersection of those two in a way that calls for creativity, positivity, just like trying new stuff in a way that's not overly judgmental. And I think that this book screams out from the rooftops on that topic and with that ideal in mind of creating for creation's sake, not for some perceived outcome. And I love that idea. I think that's when the the best and most creative work gets done, not by me necessarily, but by anybody. And I just like being in that mind state. So that's what I'm loving right now. I was listening to it before we hopped on the call. I'm addicted to that book for all intents and purposes. And I can't wait for to re-listen to it for the 11th time once this time is finished. <laughs> I love it. Great recommendation and fantastic book. Okay. So what are you excited about? Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. This preparing for this, I was like a little bit stumped because it is hard to think of something specific to be excited about, right? With all of the races being canceled, I've had so many events that I was supposed to be part of that were canceled. I've had, you know, jobs that have fallen through or that have been postponed and we're just in this state of uncertainty. And the only thing that I keep coming back to is to see what happens. Like, I know that's so vague. I know that's not a very good answer, but I honestly am eager to see in December of this year, when we look back and we do our year end recaps, what are we going to remember from this time? And what are we going to say? Okay, we handled that really well. And what are we going to learn from it? So even though it's vague and it's kind of a cop-out and it's kind of a non-answer, and I feel like I do that a lot here, um, I'm just excited to see what happens. I think we're in such a period right now of not knowing and we can't control that. We can't force ourselves to predict the outcome. There's no way to do that in any sense of the word. So I am as much as I'm stressed, as much as I'm overwhelmed, as much as there's all the like, you know, unrest around all of this, I am kind of excited to see what's going to come out of this, what's going to happen and what we're all going to take from it. It's, it's really a 
critical time in our lives. It's weird to be an adult at this time. It feels like this is something where I should be the kid and my parents keep me safe from this. And it's the opposite. And so I think it'll be cool to look back and and see, you know, how did running change? How did our industries change? How did podcasting change? What did we learn from this? How did we adapt? We've already seen so many people adapting to the times, so many studios who are taking their workouts and they're putting them on Instagram Live. Or like I said, people moving to Zoom happy hours. People really are making efforts and getting creative. And as much as I like to be in my little box with my nice routine and my plans, it's kind of cool to say, okay, this is the situation we're in. How do we make the best of it? What can I do? How do I contribute to this? How do I keep my community and my connections going strong? And so that to me is actually kind of exciting. I'm not excited about the state of the world. That's not what I'm saying. But in in focusing on the positive, which we're both doing, that's something I'm actually kind of excited about. Yeah, I agree. One thing I'm excited about is what this fall marathoning season is going to look like because it's looking more and more like the Olympics either won't happen or they're going to be postponed maybe by a full year. And if that's the case, then all of a sudden we have all of the world marathon majors in three and a half months with no Olympic with no Olympics before it and no marathons in the world basically for six months leading into that time. So I think we're going to see this explosion of marathon interest around those so centrally located. Like it's almost like the golf calendar when you have four majors in four months and it's like it's golf time. And then like for eight months, golf is completely non-existent in, in America. And I think that what you're going to see is specifically with all these races, starting with Boston Marathon with Labor Day weekend. Uh, the weekend after, right? Okay, so the weekend after. Okay, yeah. so then it's a, so September, October, November. So then exactly three months later is CIM, which is kind of like the end of the calendar year in terms of marathoning. That three months is going to be nuts, and I can't wait for it. It's going to be absolutely crazy. Everyone's going to be doing the Sarah Hall and Roberta Groner with like six-week marathon yes. turnarounds, <laughs> and all this stuff is going to be bananas. On the track side, I have no idea what's coming. I think... And I don't know if this is going to happen. I haven't spoken to Kyle Merber about this since I had him on the podcast a long time ago. But I think it's something like the Long Island Mile, which typically happens, I think, the third week of August. Like Typically, that's kind of like an underground race. It, it's, it's put on, on uh, I think you can like watch the live stream on Runner Space. But for the most part, it's one of the things you find out like how it happened afterwards and maybe follow it a little bit on social media. Like That race could end up being like the track race of the year. And it's going to be insane to see how creative and entrepreneurial people try to, you know, make lemonade out of lemons <laughs> to, to make this a PG <laughs> um, <laughs> podcast um, in terms of like, you know, trying to figure this out because not only is this their livelihood, but they need a place to do it. And I think you're going to see not necessarily races being made out of whole cloth, but maybe smaller races, you know, amping up the menace in terms of their impact on the running scene. So, okay, I know this is one of the questions that people submitted and we're not technically in the listener Q&A section, but can I ask about your plans for the Road to the Olympic Trials podcast? You had already, you had just said, hey, I'm continuing this <laughs> leading up to the track and field trials and then surprise, you know, no official word on those, but I think it would be really optimistic of all of us, which will remain optimistic, but the reality is the 
the Olympic track and field trials are potentially up in the air and the Olympics themselves. So what are your plans for Road to the Olympic Trials? So I expect everyone who is already committed, um, and they've all committed, to stay with me for the full 18 months. I think that's perfectly reasonable. And no, I'm just kidding. Um, at this point, it's just going to be a complete reset. I mean, I, I, you know, you can't do a Road to the Olympic Trials if there's no Olympic Trials. So it's just going to be like, all right, you know, I guess season one, year one is over and we'll pick it up again next year. Um, you know, I had some people were saying, Hey, you should keep doing it every year, like a four year build. I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. Um, I'm not sure you're going to be able to like compare like, Hey, how did 2021 Chicago marathon impact your 2024 Olympics? <laughs> like, I don't think there's really a connection there. However, you know, if we could just pick this, pick this up again next year, I think that would be interesting. I, I am kind of bummed because we have, a great roster of athletes. I'm not going to announce who it is because that would put them in an awkward position. Like we didn't end up doing anything, but um, it was a great, great group. So we'll see what happens. I'll have to like make sure I stay in their good graces for the next year or so. So I can pick them up again next year. <laughs> um, so at this point it's probably a no go. And which would mean we'll probably just go back to rambling runner twice a week for the whole calendar year, which is fine. I, mean, I have, I have a lot of fun doing that. And then maybe we'll pick up some random things here and there. And, you know, with the crazy, uh, marathoning season coming in the fall maybe that provides other opportunities but oh that was tough that those is like every day that goes by i'm like all right the chances of this happening go down like five percent every day yeah oh it's such a hard time and i just i feel for these athletes i mean there's so many people obviously all of our lives are being so dramatically affected by all of this and um yeah that's just uh, a lot of certainty uncertainty for everyone involved for sure. And then you have these people who, you know, I think there's a situation where all these runners are in limbo. Like, how do you stay motivated for something that you don't know is happening? And it's funny because, like, now all of a sudden the elites and like the, the, the amateur runners are now in the same boat. Like, none of us know when or if our races are happening. And it's funny to think that we're all in the same boat, considering we're all at different levels. We all have different goals and our races are vastly different. But it's so true at this point. And I know that we talked about uh, this topic before we got started. And that's, you know, tips for staying motivated when, in your training when you don't have a race on the calendar. And I think that can be really tough for some people. Some people just like training for training's sake. You know, they like they just like the, the pattern of doing it, the process of doing it. The race is secondary. Sometimes people don't race much at all. In fact, I'm one of those people. It's so not for I. that reason. It's because I'm so hyper competitive. <laughs> if the race doesn't go well, like I want to kill people for the next three weeks. So I'm, I'm just better oh, off no. not racing. <laughs> but, and, but with that said, um, and some people just like to trust the process. But I think this whole virtual race boom that's happening now, and certainly I'm, you know, I, I have virtual races and that I'm really excited about, but a lot of other people are doing it too. I think that's so interesting because for a lot, they've been around for a while. But it's been so secondary because, like, you you could always just go to a real race. Why would you have to do a virtual race? You know, the whole whole idea seems so silly to me. But now it's like that's all that's all we got. So it's like, hey, man, I'm all on board now. Like, that, there's no question about it. So, what are your tips for people as a running coach, as someone who's very much in this industry? We did get some questions from people saying, "How do I stay motivated to keep training?" And what is your take on that? Yeah, I think, first of all, um, I think the idea of staying motivated for something is very short term. 
You know what I mean? I think that I think that there's a there's a great line, and I think this is hyperbolic. So I don't mean this literally. They say like motivation is for amateurs, and by the amateurs they mean people who aren't professionals, people who don't do this all the time consistently. And I think that there's a lot of truth to that. And I think that if you're hoping if if your race is the only thing that's motivating you to run, either you need to think about running maybe through a different lens and try to find other positive aspects to it, or maybe running just isn't for you, right? If you need to be motivated to go out, like externally motivated to go out for every single run, then maybe this isn't a very good hobby for you, right? Because this is a hobby for us. So I would say, I would say first things first, again, you know, a little bit of external motivation here and there. Hey, man, I'm all for it. You know, I mean, I have I've the David Goggins book, just like everybody else. So I'm not going to say that that doesn't exist. But I think if you need it every single day just to get out the door, man, just find a hobby you like. Like, you know, you know, don't be killing yourself to run. There's so many other ways to get exercise. But I think if you don't have a race on the calendar or more importantly, you had a goal race that's now no longer on your calendar. And I think that's a big, bigger deal, like the loss of a race. I think is more impactful than like, oh, can I find a race? Maybe, maybe not. And I think the loss of a race, man, it stinks. It really stinks. And I think that you kind of have to go through kind of a truncated grieving process with that, you know, coming to terms with it, dealing with it, and then moving on. Like, I feel bad for my, like my friend, John Ranieri, who we followed all year in one of the Olympic trials, doesn't run the Olympic trials. I think that at that point, you know, he was still kind of still recovering from his late fall marathon. And he was like, you know what? I just want to run a really good Boston Marathon. I think that that's what he was excited for. He wasn't as excited for the Olympic trials as he was for Boston. And I feel bad for him now because he needed to run either. Ugh. You know? Yeah. And like, there's people who like you go, that hits you and you're like, you're going to grieve through that in a very, again, not like there's a death in the family type grieving, but it still is an emotional thing. So I think, first of all, you go through that process and then you go and you find something fun to do. And that might mean getting right back on the marathon horse and start, start, you know, building up your foundation saying, you know what, now I have eight months to prepare. What can I do if I train for eight months? I've never done that before. Right. And then you have other people and I'm kind of more of this group of like, all right, I want to try something new. Like, can I set a mile PR? Like yes. I'm going to go the completely other end of the spectrum or like, or like, instead of like doing, you know, 50 miles a week and two, you know, double digit long runs per week. I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm only going to do track workouts now. I'm going to run, you know, four or five miles on my easy runs. And I'm going to do one, you know, like hundred meter, 50 meter repeats on the track and just try something new and fun. And you know what? We've all been in recess when we were little kids. We didn't jog, dude. We freaking sprinted down hills at full force as fast <laughs> as we could. And sometimes you just want to get back to that spirit. And that's what I would say to do. I love that. I so agree with all of that because I have the same exact thought when people are asking, I get it, like your race is canceled or or delayed, you're in really good shape and you want to maintain that level of fitness. But yeah, I mean, I know for me, like, I just love running so much. I'm very excited every single time I get to go out and go for a run. If you don't feel that way, yeah, try something else. Like, check out something else. You don't you don't have to run. You don't have to run every day. Um, spot on. Everything you said was great. I mean, your your testament to this. I mean, you were killing it, Orange Theory, right? Like you were like, this is great. I'm loving yeah. this. Obviously, there's a running component if you want there to be, but you were loving Orange Theory, and it was not the typical running thing that maybe you were doing in the past. Yeah, and 
And I, and I get it because also with that, like I, I was feeling like I was in the best shape I've ever been in. Like the workouts were going great. I was feeling super strong. Now I'm in the middle of nowhere with no access to weights, with no benches or TRX straps or anything that I'm used to using. And it's a super bummer. But like our dear Gabe Grunwald would have said, it's not what I had hoped for, but I'll adjust. Uh, you know, that can apply in so many aspects of our lives. And so, yeah, am I super bummed that I'm not going to maintain that level of fitness I had worked so hard to get to? Definitely. I'm going to make the most of the comeback whenever that is. And in the meantime, I'm going to kill myself running uphill with a stroller. So (laughs) there will be some strength that comes out of this. (laughs) You can do it. I think you just got to get husband in the running stroller. If you put him in there, think about how strong you'll be. No, I think what he needs to do is we need to go on family runs where he pushes it and I get to just run freely and, you know, be next to everyone. There you go. That, that sounds delightful as well. Probably more fun, in fact. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the listener Q&A. We had a lot of questions between both you and me. We got we got 12 on the list right now. All right. So let's get through as many as we yeah, can. Yeah, we can do we can it. get through all of them. We can do it. All right. Here we go. First one. What is your favorite stress eating snack? Peanut M&M's. Ooh, good. That's a good one. Easy. I'm going to go with granola bars or cereal. Ooh, cereal's a good one. Yeah. See, my kids now have to have like the, the granola bars, like the dips. They call them like the, the dip Ooh. granola bars where they basically take a normal granola bar. They just dip the whole thing in chocolate. It's a candy bar. Yeah. Like kudos. It's a candy bar. Do you remember bar, kudos it's, bars it's, from when we were young? So good. I do. In <laughs> fact, you know what they are? They're like whatchamacallits, but without the caramel. Ooh, nice. And we'll call it granola. Okay. Good choice. Oh, yeah. It's so healthy. It's granola. Yeah, 100%. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm so healthy, dude, for, for sure. No. So we're, we're my, my daughter's excited to explore all the kinds of Lucky Charms. I didn't know there was more than one kind. So, I mean, I'm really killing it as a parent, obviously. <laughs> all right. No, number two. This is up everyone's alley right now. Favorite show or movie when you're stuck at home? And you can do both. You can do show and movie. Oh, I'm just going to go Shit's Creek. I mean, it's the greatest show of all time. If you are not yet on board with Shit's Creek, go enjoy seasons one through five on, I think, Netflix, maybe Hulu. And now season six is live. It is their last season. I am devastated over this. It's the perfect show. I love every character. I laugh out loud. Sometimes I cry. If you're not watching Shit's Creek, what are you doing with your life? All right. Well, then I feel like you're talking directly to me. You're, you're talking directly to me. I've never seen an episode. Obviously, not okay. only am I messing up as a parent, I'm messing it up as a Netflix watcher as well. So sell me on Shit's Creek besides it makes you laugh and cry. Oh, it's okay. So it's charming, but it's also hilarious. The characters are so lovable. The character development over the six seasons is so good. You fall in love with this family. You laugh out loud. I mean... It's the perfect show. Like, how have I not sold you? It's the perfect show. Well, to be fair, this is also the first time we've talked about it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, I hope that I've sold you on it. And I hope that a lot of people listening to this are going to send you DMs being like, oh my God, you need to watch it. And they'll help sell the show as well. I was hesitant because so many people talked about it and I'd never even heard of it and I didn't get the appeal and I was sold so fast. So Shit's Creek is my choice. What's your choice? Okay. That's, that's solid. Okay. So there's two, there's two um things i have to say all right so from when actually put down the kids to bed there's a two-hour window where my wife is still awake and she owns the tv all right so she is she is the alpha in the in the tv room 
So at that point, what she's digging right now, which I am um, watching as just like I'm the Robin to her Batman, is Spanish Princess. It's not great. Not going to lie. But that's what's been going on. (laughs) And then after she goes to bed, I will usually put on uh, Parks and Recreation because just like Big Magic, I just can't stop rewatching and re-listening to things. Yeah, I'm the same. I like to, I love, I love a rerun. I love rewatching things. Um, and Parks and Rec, great choice. All right. What is your most unusual night before a race routine? Outback Steakhouse. I mean, I don't think it's unusual. Oh God, it's so random. People seem surprised that that's my pre-race meal. Uh, six ounce Victoria's filet, medium rare, baked potato, butter only, asparagus, and maybe um, an appetizer order of the coconut shrimp and two pieces of the brown bread with butter. Okay. I mean, all that sounds delicious. Can I just say one thing? As so, all right, so, so you're having that meal and then obviously you're going to be like, like hyper hydrating for like the, the following 12 hours or so until like, until you know the race kicks off. So you are, I just want to, just want to put this on blast for a second, since we're talking about trying to fun, you know, fun stuff. You're taking that asparagus pea smell to the porta potties for your fellow runners. How are you doing that to your running community alley? I find that for some reason, the Outback Steakhouse asparagus does not have that effect. So maybe it's not real asparagus, which I don't want to think (laughs) about too much. Um, But truly, that is not something for some reason. Outback Steakhouse asparagus, it's probably not real asparagus. But I don't know. I love an Outback Steakhouse. Uh, They cook the steaks perfectly every time. So that's my jam. All right. That's a stare. I'm down with that. Um, um, you can't judge me. You're eating candy bars as a snack all day. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm totally fine judging you. I can be that hypocritical. I, I am not <laughs> okay, afraid. Perfect. I will embrace the hypocrisy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on my, my pre-race routine, again, I race so infrequently that I can't say I have a routine per se. But I will say this. I always wake up super early. Um, so for me, it's more of like, it's more of not a night before the race thing. For me, I always wake up super early because I think I race so infrequently that I get so jacked before race and it always backfires because then I just die in the last like third of the race. There are probably multiple reasons for this. I'm sure me waking up abnormally early is, is gotta be one of them. Um, but I end up waking up so darn early before these races that like, it almost like these races actually end up happening like midday for me. Cause I've been awake for so darn long. I like, I can have like second breakfast before this race kicks off. Second candy bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Candy bars for all. I can have the right Twix and the left Twix. <laughs> I love it. All right. What hobby do you want to pick up now that we have all the time and nowhere to go? Um, instead of answering this question, I would like to ask a question, which is who has time? Because I have a 17 month old, 18 month old, seven, no, 17 months. I have less time now because I have no childcare. So to everyone who's like, I'm so bored. I'm like, I'm not, I'm stressed, man. Um, and it's wonderful and it's a blessing and I, I love her to death and I love this time with her. Um, but I'm not out like picking up new hobbies here. I'm uh, at nap time. 
getting my work done and trading back and forth with my husband and maximizing every hour of the day. So uh, learning a new language will have to wait, which is fine because it's not like I'm traveling anywhere anytime soon that I will need that. So um, yeah, no new hobby goals right now for me. See, when you said you were in middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, I just assumed that you started like picking up some some Amish hobbies, maybe building some houses, oh. you know, making some wool. Yeah, I, I thought you were just going down that whole spectrum. I should. Maybe I'll learn to churn butter. That could be cool and helpful. We cook with a lot of butter. You know, and then you could also embrace the keto lifestyle. It would be like a full circle movement. <sighs> yes, I'll learn how to make ghee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what hobby are you picking up? Do you have time? Are you like learning languages over there and crocheting? No, dude. Um, you know, this quarantine, <sighs> no, quarantining with children is very different than quarantining without children. Let me just say that. Okay. Um, so this, I don't have a lot of time. I did, you know, pick up, you know, creating a virtual race series. I guess that wasn't necessarily a hobby, but it has taken up a lot of time. Um, but no, besides that, I, I am a, like you, struggling to find the time, never mind, you know, I'm trying to absorb new things into my life with all this extraneous time. Exactly. All right. Current favorite way to stay active indoors. Um, so I wouldn't really say I'm staying super active indoors. I, I do enjoy, so I follow Mark Canamira on Instagram. He was a dancer on season three of So You Think You Can Dance. He is a phenomenal human. He is MKIK818 or 808. Oh, I might have messed that up, but um, on Instagram. And every day at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, he is hosting these dance parties and they are delightful. So that's about as close as it comes. I did do a couple push-ups this morning, but only because my friend texted me and said, how many push-ups can you do in a single set? And I was like, that is so rude. Why would you ask me that? And so then I had to find out. And so I can do 20 and um, that's it. So Allie, I guess that's I, boss, man. That's, that is great. Good is. for you. 20 push-ups is good. I did 16 yesterday. So you dominated me. Oh, yes, I win. You win. Cool. Um, so are you doing them? How are you staying active indoors? How am I staying active indoors? I'm trying to separate my kids at all costs. No. Um, <laughs> I would say, how am I staying active indoors? I, well, this is cheating. We have a treadmill. So that is one way I've been staying active indoors. But you know what actually what I'm doing is we're going out, we're going outside all the time. So we live um, in the suburbs and we have our street is basically like a horseshoe off of a main road. So there's like 50 houses on this horseshoe. And you know, so it's, it's a pretty tight-knit community. So for our kids, it's just over half mile around this block. So like three times a day, we just like go around the block on their scooters or their electric cars or they're just running or whatever. So like we, we've been indoors, but I feel like we're actually outdoors more this week than we have been on a typical like Saturday or Sunday. Because, you know, the weather's starting to get nicer and all that stuff. So, like, obviously they're saying don't go anywhere. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you have to be inside. So, I feel like I've been outside more than, like, if you compare my Saturdays and Sundays over the last six weeks to, to this week, it's not even close. Like, I'm going outside way more than before. I love that. 
How to stay positive when distancing and everything canceled makes you sad. Oh, um, so I try to, I mean, honestly, the biggest thing that has helped me a little bit during this time is the reminder that everyone feels this way to different extents for different reasons. But I find comfort in knowing that we're all in this weird thing together and that it doesn't matter where you are or who you're with. Like we all feel this, I think at least a little bit right now. And so that comforts me. It doesn't necessarily help. It doesn't make the feelings go away, uh, but it does comfort me. And then beyond that, FaceTiming with friends is a big help. Those Zoom happy hours, I've done a couple of those with some friends and I'm not usually one to initiate those. So it's nice when other people do and I can just jump in and get invited to those. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just finding connection wherever you can. And that can be FaceTime, that can be in a Facebook group, that can be just on Instagram. It can be in your DMs. It's, you know, social media is more powerful than ever right now. And I think that it's okay to lean into that. And I also think that if you need a break from that, it's okay to put it away. So the biggest thing I think is just tuning into what you need and giving into that and not apologizing for it and not feeling guilty for it. And just, um, you know, the phrase might be cheesy, but feel your feelings right now because we all have a lot of feelings. And I twice this week have just spontaneously burst into tears because I just felt so overwhelmed by everything. So don't think that everyone has it all together. Don't think everyone's like killing it during quarantine. Yeah, some people are like crushing it doing Instagram live workouts and posting about them. But a lot of us are spontaneously bursting into tears. So um, you're not alone, even if you feel alone. And if you feel alone, let someone know and reach out and I'm here for you and Matt's here for you and we love you. And um, it's, it's a scary time for everyone. Yeah, well said. Uh, I think for me, one thing that brings me joy is seeing the people in the running community that kind of view this industry as, you know, not necessarily their livelihood per se, but kind of like ourselves, like people who, you know, are working in this industry in some form or fashion, who are trying, you know, new things, and you can see them, you know, working hard to try to find new ways to make you know, connections and have an impact on people or with people and have that community feel like I get excited when I see those people trying new things again, not like for them per se, just like the idea that that's in the air makes me happy. Like seeing people like, all right, I'm going to do this. Or I'm going to do that. And maybe this won't work or maybe it will work. I just like being in that kind of energy field. Boy, is that a really weird thing to say but it's true though i think that that having that around makes me so happy because it's one of those things where it's like you know you 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 don't realize um and that, that, that's not the proper way of saying it i guess it's like it's so easy to fall into your default and most of the time that's a positive because it means your default is going well and when you're forced out of it, it's so interesting what can come of it. And some of it's, you know, again, there's a lot of negative there. And I'm just not going to focus on the negative right now. But it's interesting to see some of the positive things that can come out of it. I mean, shoot, man. Shakespeare wrote King Lear when he was in quarantine. Like, positive things can happen. No pressure. 
doesn't mean that doesn't mean that everything's going to be positive and it doesn't mean that you're going to be king lear like you might just have a five minute ad video that 17 people watched but i'm just saying that like it's exciting to see people trying new things and i hope that not necessarily that everything's like this huge massive success because that's impossible but it's exciting to see hey man that could set the stone that they can set the stage for these other things and it's like no success happens because it just miraculously happened at this moment of time without an, a very long lead up before it. And oftentimes that lead up is not well thought out. It's oftentimes spontaneous. It's not some direct line. It's a circuitous route that oftentimes is a mix of luck, failure, and just like throwing stuff up against the wall and see what sticks. And when I see people going down that path, it makes me happy because I know if they keep going far enough, with an open mind and an open heart and connecting to other people, that positive things will result. Love that. So on the other end of things, which is, you know, the funny end, most embarrassing running story. Allie, I cannot wait to hear yours. So I can't even possibly pick one because I'm going to be honest with you. I have Crohn's disease and I have bathroom emergencies all the time on the run. So to me, at this point, that's not even an embarrassing story. And I don't, nothing comes to mind in terms of that actually happening in front of anyone. It's always embarrassing when you can't make it to a bathroom. Hopefully, at least one person is like nodding along and has been there. I find it's actually more common than you think. People just don't want to admit it. Um, so obviously, my brain goes to something bathroom related, but I think I'm just so immune to it at this point that I'm just like, that's not embarrassing. It's fine. I talk about it on the internet. So another non-answer from me. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to back you up there because I wasn't <laughs> even thinking along those lines. Obviously, I know you have Crohn's disease, but yeah, I mean, hey, man, like I, I shoot, man, I, I posted on Strava three days ago, you know, like what's the title of your run? The title of that run was Don't Trust a Fart. And you can extrapolate what you want from that title. But that was the truth. Um, so, uh, you know, say what you will. I think my most embarrassing running stories almost always entail me falling. It's not that I fall a lot, but whenever I do, it's like in ridiculous fashion. And I think that my most embarrassing story was I was running my normal route. This was two years ago, and it was right around my, my, my two-mile turnaround, and then I come back, and I go up this big hill, and then I'm done. So I'm right around the turnaround, and there's this flock of geese going from one side of this major road to the other side, to the other, so basically to the other body of water. So I thought that I gave them plenty of, you know, plenty of a, of, a, of a space between us um i have my headphones on i gotta be honest with you i really wasn't paying too much attention and then you know one of them started squawking at me i'm like all right whatever like i'm, I'm literally running past you like i'm by you now but they keep squawking i'm past them by like 20 feet at this point and then it started getting really loud i'm like what the heck i turn around one of the geese is flying at me five feet off the ground wings fully extended like an eight nine foot reach across the, the across the ground it's coming directly for my head i tumble directly off the sidewalk into this main road i'm tumbling into the main road a car is like quarter of a mile away and i know he's not noticing like what's happening here because like i'm wearing reflective gear which doesn't help if your torso is facing upward 
So I'm like in the middle of the road and like this geese just like almost like basically did to me what like teenagers do to a mailbox when they're driving by in their friend's pickup truck. And like, I'm like trying to scramble out, but I try to scramble on the other side of the road because, you know, the geese are still on like the right side of the road. The whole thing was a complete disaster. I had like scrapes on my body for weeks. I was, it was, you know, it was not my best showing. Um, anyway, it wasn't embarrassing in the sense of like people saw me because this was at 4.45 in the morning. But at the same time, like, you know, with when it comes to running, I do live my life out loud to a sense, to a degree. And, uh, you know, I definitely shared that story like I am now. And it was, um, yeah, I was chastened after the fact. That's for sure. Oh, my God. You win. <laughs> yeah, not, not my finest moment. <laughs> I can say that. Oh, right. Amazing. Moving on. If you could be quarantined with one famous person, who would it be and why? Oh, I mean, I got to go. Oof. Okay. So my gut reaction says Ellen DeGeneres. It would be so much fun. She would make me laugh so much. We would have a great time. Then there's a part of me that is like Barack Obama because that would be amazing. And is that because you think like he'd be fun to talk to or is he like – all right, so that's not he's not fun to talk to, not like celebrity crush. No, I don't know, not a crush. I just I like I miss his leadership right now, and I um you know not even on a political level, I just miss having that like positive leadership in a time of crisis. And um, so that came to mind for me. I think that if you had asked me a month ago, I wouldn't have had the same answer. I would have just been like, "Hey, Ryan Reynolds, let's have a good time." But um, <laughs> considering yes. our our state of the world, I'm like. I want to laugh or I want to have great conversation. Lin-Manuel Miranda would be another one who would be up there for me because he could just sing to me and play songs. And, um, you know, he would actually write the next great American musical while he's quarantined and I could witness that. So those are three that come to mind for me. I like that. See, Ryan Reynolds is a good, is a good answer for like, for any reason. Yeah. Like you could go like the, you know, Hollywood hunk reason. But he's That's also my hysterical. <laughs> so, like, you could be like, no, like, he's really funny. You know what I mean? You'd be like, all yeah, right, no, like, all the reasons. I could see, like, Dax Shepard would be an interesting choice Ooh, because he's, like, you know, can talk forever. So, it'd be like, it'd be like being stranded with a radio. It'd be like stranded with Doc, Dax Shepard. You know, he also has, like, a wide array of interests. You, know, you could say the same thing with, like, maybe a Joe Rogan type. Um, I think I'd want to go with the humor side, but I think that, like, while my humor usually is more geared towards, like, the goofiness i don't think that's necessarily someone you'd want to be quarantined with i think you probably want like a little bit more low-key understated humor if you're going to be like alone with them for a long time and i was trying to think like who that person would be i was struggling with like who like had like low-key funny humor um i don't know i was struggling i don't does anyone come to mind for you for that wait that's you don't you need to say someone no you got nothing out of that I thought that was like the build up to like Shepard. some great answer. Yeah, Dax is a really good one. I I, I think Dax Shepard would be a good choice. I again I like um oh shoot, know who would be, dude? I'll tell you who the funniest person I who I who I love right now is who is that woman who was she's done the two comedy specials on Netflix. She was pregnant both times. They're absolutely hysterical. Oh Ali Wong. I'm literally gonna Google Ali this. Wong. Yes, Ali Wong. I want love to be her. quarantine with Ali Wong. All right. Or Jack Shepard or both. Great answer. All right. What do we got here? All right. See, that, that knocked me off the question. See, I was in the middle of Googling it, but you, you were hot on it, man. You nailed <laughs> no, it. No, I was That's ready. Awesome. All right. All right. 
We got a couple more. Three more. Your favorite running workout when you aren't training but want to spice up a run. 400s. 10 by 400. Go to a track, sprint it around one lap as fast as you can, recover for like either 100 meters or just stand there, whatever. But 400 meters, 10 times. I love it. That's a good one. I like that one. Um, for me, it's I like doing the the 400 no do a 400 200 meter jog 200 ooh so doing like six like six sets of that so you do like again so it's 400 then 200 meter jog like it's more like a shuffle and then you do like bust out the 200 after that and then you take like a 1 minute break and then you do it again like do six of them that's fun i like that yeah, that's a good one. I like that one too. Uh, McCurdy put me onto that one, and like now that I'm now that I'm coaching with him, I use that one all the time. My athletes are probably sick of it at this point. All right, next one. If you could go on a road trip with anyone, dead or alive, who would you go with, and where? I guess the where is the big one here because you already you already answered the quarantine question. So I think location is a big part of this. Um. Okay. So I feel like I should say my family. But we're spending a lot of time together right now. So I'm going to go Don't back and I'm going to... Don't say your gonna... family, dude. Don't No, say I'm not going to. I'm just like making myself sound good to say that. <laughs> um, and then my honest answer is I got to go Ellen again because she's so fun. And it's a similar question to the other one, right? Um, and I guess we would go what, what state currently has like the lowest amount of coronavirus. We'll just go there. So West Virginia, I don't know. I don't really want to go there. Um the lowest I, amount I of coronavirus. <laughs> like, I mean, our we're choices going, are Ellen limited right now. and I are now. going to Antarctica. We're going to Alaska. <laughs> we're hanging out with the penguins. Um, oh, you know what? Let's go. We'll drive up to Canada and we'll go to Banff. I've always wanted to go to Banff. We'll make a road trip out of it. I'm with Ellen. We're going to have a good time. And I want to go see all those beautiful blue lakes and do a lot of hiking. There's my answer. All right. Before I, before I do mine, my God, I'm so ignorant. What in the world is Banff? Banff Canada it's like you would know if you saw photos it's um gosh is that even where Lake Louise is I'm not sure someone's gonna listen to this and correct me but um it's just all the pretty blue lakes you've seen them you've seen the photos I'm gonna send you so many when we get off this call um you would know you would know the photos so you it's and beautiful. Ellen in a canoe on a blue lake that's what we're no 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 we're hiking we're hiking and we're taking pictures of the blue lakes in the background I don't want to be in a boat Especially not a canoe. A speedboat, sure, but I don't want to be in a canoe. No. No good. So, yes. Very picturesque. Ellen and I are going to get great Instagram photos together. It'll be amazing. Okay. <laughs> this, right. What's yours? That, is like, that was not the location I was expecting when you said Ellen's generous. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's so random, and that's what makes it awesome. <laughs> I've always wanted to go there. Yeah, that, that, that is really cool. No, I really I like that. All right. So, for me... Dead or alive, when where would we go? See this one. I was see when I read this, I really struggled with this one because I have people, but the location. I was like, oh, where do I go with this person? Right? Because like, there's if they're like been dead for a while, you could take them anywhere. They'd be like, what in the world is that? And why do you have what is that like odd rectangle in your pocket? You know what I mean? So I mean, like, it's such a random thing. Um, so um, if I could go anywhere with anybody. Um, let's see here. You know what I would do? I'm like, I'm such a huge fan of the Conan O'Brien podcast. That I would, first of all, he would be the person. Cause I feel like 
because he's not someone who I'd want to be quarantined with because it would drive me up a wall. But I think for like a road trip, that would be really fun. And I want to go somewhere which was like had like a lot of unintentional comedy to it. So like where could Conan O'Brien go to would have like a ton of unintentional comedy, dude. I don't know. Like maybe like some like random stupid like sales conference in Las Vegas and just like sit there and like watch him like roast everybody as they like walked into the wow. door of the convention hall. And I would just like sit there and laugh the whole time. I think that's what I wanted. Your dream is going to a sales convention in Vegas. I mean, <laughs> I know, to each the their worst. own. This is the worst answer I've ever given in my life. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my God. This is the worst. All right. I can't believe I came up with that. All right. I thought that I'd be able to figure that out. Like, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to prepare that one. That will come to me in the moment. Yeah, right. Spoiler alert. That's been me for all of these. It did not come to me. <laughs> not going it did not great. Come to me. All right, last one. <laughs> what are you grateful for right now? I mean, that one's easy. I am grateful for the health and wellness of my family. That's, you know, in times like these, that's really all that matters. And at times like these, that's not a given. And so I'm, I'm just so profoundly grateful for my family, that we're together, and that we are all healthy and taking care of each other. I hear you. Obviously, that's I, I completely agree. I'll just throw up something else just for the sake of adding something else. Anyone who's doing funny things online, I yes. salute you because we need that laughter. Oh. I love it. Keep it up. Gosh, I love when the internet comes together to be funny. Um, there have been, if you're not in the Fast Women uh, Facebook group, Allison Wade, who runs the group, she, and of course does the newsletter, she posted like, what on the internet is making you laugh right now? And the whole thread is so good. It's just people sharing the funniest tweets and memes and and everything. So it's a great place to be. And yeah, keep keep being funny, people. We need it. There you go. All right. Well, this oh, that's a wrap. For the March episode of Ramblings on the Run, you're listening to it on the Rambling Runner podcast. If you haven't done so already, go subscribe to Allie's podcast as well. And that's it. Thanks, Allie. Thanks for being, thanks for joining us. No, wait, what is it? Thanks for rambling with us on the run. We got to really get this closer together. Dude, dude I thought I had it. I thought I had it. <laughs> you did great. I don't know what that to add was. to it. <laughs> Every time. time. We're going to get it. By December, we will get this. Allie, thank you so much for coming on this show. Always a pleasure to have you on. Also, big shout outs to our sponsors. We got Athletic Greens, we got Prevenex, and we got Four Sigmatic. I love all of these companies so much. All of these are very health-based companies, and hopefully it helps my health. That's for sure. In fact, during this quarantine time, I feel like I'm healthier than ever, which is kind of ironic. I know I'm so nervous like everyone else that I'm going to catch something, but I'm finally just sitting at home and eating good foods all day instead of the allure of the drive through which for me is a str- quite a strong pull. So I'm so glad that I'm healthier than ever. In fact, I think I've lost like 10 pounds in the last like three weeks, which is a lot, but it's true. So uh, with that being said, If you haven't done so already, go check out our virtual race series. The 5K was this past weekend, and it was a huge hit. We had over a 1,000 people register for that. Go on to Strava, sign up for the Rambling Run Club. I'm sorry, the Rambling Runner Run Club, and then you can add the 10K uh, to your list of events. You just 
you know, click right on the button for the 10K. We also have the half marathon coming up and the marathon. I'm going to be putting out a Google Forms page that will allow every person who does a 10K this coming weekend to put in their name in the Google Form and their time so that you can go on the leaderboard. Strava does not have a manual upload for these virtual events, but since everyone's on Strava, I still want to have um, that Strava capability working for all of us. You know, we're all on it and it's free. And those are the two main things that I'm worried about. So I'll create a Google Forms page. I'll have the link on the Rambling Run Club page so that you can access it and you can go right to that Google Forms page as soon as you finish your 10K and that will update the leaderboard and we will be good to go. Shout out to Erica Sarah, who's going to be giving a um, a uh, medal to the top three men and women for each race of this virtual race series. Thank you so much for listening, for rating and reviewing the podcast. We couldn't be doing this without you. So have a great day and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of In Post Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry.